Heavenly Father, help us to hear your word for us today. We know that your words are eternal and that you can be found everywhere. Help us to grow in faith together that as we hear your scriptures read, we learn to love greater in you and seek you in all that we do. By your Holy Spirit and your holy church, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And let God's people say, Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 13. If I speak in tongues of human beings and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm a clanging gong or a clashing cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all the mysteries and everything else, and if I have such complete faith that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give away everything that I have and my own body to feel good about what I've done, but I don't have love, I receive no benefit whatsoever. Love is patient. Love is kind. It isn't jealous. It doesn't brag. It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't seek its own advantage. It isn't irritable. It doesn't keep a record of complaints. It isn't happy with injustice, but it is happy with the truth. Love puts up with all things, trusts in all things, hopes for all things, endures all things. Love never fails. As for prophecies, they will be brought to an end. As for tongues, they will stop. As for knowledge, to an end. We know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, what is partial will be brought to an end. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, reason like a child, think like a child. But now that I have become a man, I have put an end to childish things. Now we see a reflection in a mirror, but then we will see face to face. Now I know partially, but then I will know completely in the same way that I have been completely known. Now faith, hope, and love remain. These three things, and the greatest of these is love. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I was reminded of Paul's words from a song by one of my favorite artists, Seal. And I have been listening to Seal for years, and if you were to give me enough time, I could probably spend the next year talking about different ways that I have been inspired by his music. But today's was from a song called Love's Divine. And I'm going to share just a little bit with you, and you'll, you'll quickly see how I came to today's scripture. I need love. Love is divine. Please forgive me. Now I see that I've been blind. Give me love. Love is what I need to help me know my name. Oh, I don't bend, don't break. Show me how to live and promise me you won't forsake. Because love can help me know my name. Those words reminded me of this scripture. And it made me think about it a little bit differently than the way that we usually hear it. Because it's often framed as the scripture that we read at a wedding. And I know this because I have read it at weddings. But there's something else here that I think sometimes we miss when we don't think about it in a greater context of how we love and what it means to love. Love is not given a whole lot of definitions in the Bible. So when we've got one, it really does help us to understand what it means to love. And Paul sets the bar pretty high. He sets the bar pretty high because everything he lists, it's not that... Love is each one of these things individually. It's love is all of these things together. 
And it's taking them together that makes it difficult to imagine how we could do this. But I think we can. And I think we can because if God can love us, then surely God gives us the capability to love fully. And even if we can't love all the way, surely the more that we try and the closer we get, the better we will be at it. And so I started thinking about each one of these things that Paul says about love. Love is patient. There's not a lot of love at the DMV, and there's not a lot of love in a traffic jam when you hear the horn if you don't move the second that the car in front of you moves. But more than that, if we think about love as being patient, it means that sometimes we have to wait. We have to love people until they can get things in order. We have to love people until they can figure out how to get things right. And we have to be willing to wait while they change. Loving people as they are means being patient with them as they find their way to what it is they need. And it means being patient with people as they discover love in their own life. Love is kind. Now you'd think that this one would be an easy one, that we'd go, oh, of course love is kind. But love is kind no matter what. Love is figuring out how to do all things in kindness. It's figuring out how to be kind when you correct somebody. It's figuring out how to be kind when you disagree with somebody. It's figuring out how to be kind even when you feel like you don't have the time. It's figuring out how to be kind when somebody has been stepping on your last nerve for the thousandth time. My patience and my kindness are both tried to their fullest when I am running around the house with a pair of pants trying to get children to stop hiding underneath furniture because it's time to get dressed and it's time to go. And it's hard. But we're never told that love is simple or that love is easy. We're just told that love is right. And love isn't jealous. And this one often confuses people because they go, but isn't being in love with someone mean you'll be jealous of somebody else that gets their time? It doesn't mean that love is jealous. And they go, well, no. The thing is, is that when we get jealous, it's not out of love. We get jealous because we want it for ourselves. That if somebody is spending time with somebody else, then we're jealous of that. It's not because of our love. It's because we desperately want that to be us. We're desperate for that attention. Whereas if we love someone, we're happy that they're spending time because... If we love somebody and we love everything about them, then surely we'd want to share that with others so that they can find happiness too. And we'd know that if we keep it all to ourselves, then other people aren't going to experience that same kind of joy. And we may want it for ourselves, but it also means sharing. That even if we are in a deep relationship with someone, if that someone is special to us, we know that they have gifts to offer the world. And we know that being jealous of everything they do isn't a good sign of love, it's a good sign of control. We often cannot control the things that we love. We cannot control the people we love, just as we love God without being able to control God. 
I have never once said, God, you have to stop doing that or I'm going to stop loving you. And even if I did, I couldn't make God stop loving me. We get jealous because we want more. When we love, we realize that we are there for each other and that we all have something to share and something to offer each other. Love doesn't brag. It isn't arrogant. You know, I'm going to tie it in with these next two as well. It isn't rude. It doesn't seek its own advantage. If you want to go to a place and find where love is not the driving force, I highly recommend going and visiting Congress. Go to Washington, D.C., and you will find people who are doing things not out of any sort of love, but out of power. They do things for their own advantage, whether it is an advantage that they will get so that they can be re-elected or an advantage that they can get so that they will seem to be winning. They aren't doing it out of love. And so often we get ourselves all mixed up in thinking that if they're doing it for the greater good, they're doing it for love. And quite often that's not the case. More often than not, it's not the case. Love doesn't seek its own advantage. Love doesn't go, well, this will play out well for you, so you should do it. Love says, this is the right thing to do. And on top of that, it does it without being rude about it. It does it without being mean about it. Love doesn't cause you to call names and to smear other people and to drag them down into the dirt. Love doesn't cause you to say terrible things. Love is the thing that brings us together, not tears us apart. And the biggest problem that I see in our political world today is that fear is the driving force instead of love. They'll tell you everything, everything that you should worry about and everything that you should hate and how to make laws to stop it, but they will not tell you about how to love one another and they will not tell you how whatever they're doing is going to help us become closer together. Love isn't irritable, and it doesn't keep a record of complaints. Here's one I personally struggle with. And I know some of it has to do with the fact that I grew up with many brothers, and we usually kept track of those complaints because that way if I did something down the line, I could go, oh no, now we're even because you had done this to me before, and so now, now we're fine. Now the problem was is that we all had different ways to measure when we were finally even. So we always had this escalating race as to, well, you did that and that was actually worse than what I did, so now I've got to do something so that then we'll be even. We don't think about how that carries into adulthood. And we think about the things that somebody else has done and we make a little list and we know who's wronged us and who owes us something, and we don't think about just going, well, you know what, I'm just going to love them because I know they've messed up, but I know I've messed up too, and 
we're even because God still loves us both. So I guess that's good enough. Because I guess God loving us is something that's all right. Love isn't happy with injustice, but is happy with the truth. One of the things that we struggle with in society today is really some issues that tie together. We struggle to find truth in a sea of lies. That there is more misinformation out there than ever before, and it's easier and easier to spread that misinformation. We see it in the news, we hear it from the talking heads on TV, and we read it in the newspaper, and we read it online, and it seems a false story can spread five times faster than a true one, and it will be seen by ten times as many people. But the other problem we face is figuring out how to correct those things in love. Because part of the problem is that we are called to stand up to injustice. But we do it out of love. We are called to correct falsehoods out of love. Quite often, we do these things as a way to make ourselves feel better. We sort of play a gotcha game where, ha, I found out what you said was not true. I have shown it to be a lie. Look at how awesome I am for figuring that out. When in reality, we should be going, look, I know you thought this was true, but I am sorry to say that it turns out it is not but maybe we can work with what the truth is and go from there together. And it's hard when we are hit daily with new lies, fresh lies, recycled lies, lies that have been around for decades upon decades and people still believe them because they've been around long enough that anything that's been around that long has to be true. But love means that we correct those things because they're not true. Because love resides in truth. Now, sometimes it means knowing when to say it. If you need to tell somebody something deeply personal and they need to know the truth, I would recommend finding a time that you can take them off to the side in a nice private setting and say, I just want you to know Because it's the truth. Because we have to do it in kindness. And we have to do it in a way that doesn't try to better ourselves. That if you're trying to tell somebody that they've been doing something wrong and it's going to be embarrassing if you point it out in front of everybody, you're going to do more harm than you do good. And it won't be out of love. Now, sometimes we do have to do things in front of everybody, and sometimes we have to call people out, because otherwise they will never understand, and the only way to lovingly correct them is to make it known that everyone knows that they're wrong. But it's lovingly discerning those things. It is understanding those things through God. Because God gives us the power to love graciously, to forgive and to be forgiven. God loved us before we could love he gave us these things without saying, well, I need you to go out and show me you can love ten people and then I will love you. 
God loved us first. God resides in love because God is love. The thing is, is that we have to be able to accept that love and we can only accept it partially. As Paul says, we prophesy in part, we know in part, and I feel in many ways we love in part. Because though we have been completely loved by God, it is hard for us to express love completely when we are only partial in our understanding. But partial love is better than no love. And partial understanding is better than no understanding. And even that partial love can grow into something bigger and bigger and will be made complete when God completes us. When we are made whole by the Spirit. That we were loved when we were washed clean of the blood. If we were loved when we were sinners and we are still loved when we are washed clean, when was the time that we weren't loved? And if God has always loved us, then surely we can love one another. Here's one other thing that Paul touches on that I think really speaks to the way that we love and the way that we miss loving. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, reason like a child, think like a child, but now that I have become a man, I've put an end to childish things. And I know too many people today that never put an end to childish things. When I was a child, if I wanted to get on my brother's nerves, I would come up with silly names to call them, to try to mock them and make them angry. It was a childish thing to do, to be calling names. And Now that I'm a grown man, I've tried to put those childish things behind me. Not everybody has realized that it's a childish thing that we need to put behind us if we are going to be able to love. When I was a child, I would throw tantrums if I didn't get my way. Now that I'm grown, I know that that's not the way to get things done. And yet I know many adults who still throw tantrums when they don't get their way. They think that yelling and screaming and fighting and kicking is still the way to get what they want. And I've come to realize that we grow out of those things when we are taught how to love. That we learn how to love and we grow out of the stand that there's not love in them. And that maybe, maybe we've got a world that needs to relearn how to love. That we've got some CEOs that could relearn how to love. So that they think about ways that their companies could help the masses, instead of accumulate wealth for the few. I know we've got politicians that could relearn how to love so that they could actually work together for all of us instead of trying to win for a few. I know many people and many situations that think that love is a tool that you use to get what you want and not something to do right in the world. The good news is that no matter how much we may fail love, 
love never fails. Because if God is love, then love cannot fail. We may not have love in our hearts at some times, but God can always fill us back up. God can always lead us back to the place where love is. God can always show us the way. We can always find our way back to the cross where Christ died out of love for our sins. That his blood was shed out of love that we could be forgiven. We were given eternal life out of love. Now faith, hope, and love remain. These three things, and the greatest is love. And I think the greatest is love is because faith and hope reside in love. My faith is in a God who has loved me since before I was, whose steadfast love endures forever, whose faith and my ability to love led him to a cross to suffer for my sins. And my hope is in a life eternal, purchased by Christ on the cross. And that that promise is always there for me, no matter how much I mess up, that when I turn back to it, it's there because of love. And so my faith and my hope are love. When I want to recognize that I have been named as a child of God, I remember that it's love. Love that helps me know my name. It's love that when I stray brings me back. And I realize I need love. I need to be forgiven. Because there's so much that I can see and there's so much that I can't. I seek to be forgiven in love and I seek to love because it's what is right. And because I know who I am in Christ. When I remember that he first loved me. Amen.